Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. This last year has, was the year of acceleration. Who felt like it went faster and faster and faster? I mean, I had a momentous, a milestone of a birthday this year. I know, laughter lines. That's what they're called. Um, I don't know why they're so funny, but they're there. Um, but, you know, it just seems like life gets, has got faster and faster and faster. But 2016 is the year of prayer. No, I was just checking if you knew what year we're in. 2018. I'm trying to go back in time here. Sign of old age, they tell me. 2018. Thank you. Thank you. We'll keep you. It's the year of prayer, and I would encourage you to have a listen to Anthony's message from last week. Really, really good message. But today, does anybody know what today is called in the Anglican calendar? It's called the Epiphany. And Epiphany really is all about a divine manifestation and a a revelation and an insight. Isaiah, arise, shine, for your light has come. And so before I start, I just want us to, if you don't mind, just put your hands, you can put them out, you can put them on your heart, but just open up your hands as a sign of opening up your heart. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness to every one of us. And Lord, I pray today that as we listen to what you have to say to us, more than what I can say, I pray for a divine manifestation that we'd get you who you are, Lord, that that revelation would come, not just information of the mind, but the revelation of the heart, and give us insight, Lord, that is not just for today, but this week, this coming week, the weeks ahead, the months, and the years that come ahead. So we say, come Holy Spirit, just pour out your goodness, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So Anthony made this statement last week, which is such a powerful statement about prayer. And prayer is bringing people to Jesus and bringing Jesus to people. That's what it's all about. And in 2018, our passion needs to be that we grow and mature and we grab hold of all the blessings that God has for us. And beloved, that happens as we engage in prayer. Now, prayer is a giant subject. Make no mistake about that. And it has so many different facets to it. If you go onto Amazon, you'll find there are thousands and thousands of books on prayer. If you go on Google, you see there are just millions of websites and millions of articles about prayer. And each one of us, you and I, we're wired for prayer, whether we are aware of it or not. Why? Because the Creator designed us in a way that prayer is natural to us as human beings. Everybody prays. Buddhists pray, Hindus pray, Muslims pray, Jews, Christians, even secular people pray. Even the atheists pray. 
You heard how often people go, oh my God. They never go, oh my me. They always go, oh my God. And most irreligious people are shouting out the name of God often. And so everybody prays. And it's in every culture. But the, the critical thing is, who do we pray to? That's what makes the difference here. And there's an internal desire in all of us to pray. It's part of what makes us human. Because we're God-designed. You know, so often we look at ourselves and we see all our faults and flaws. But I just sense this morning that God is saying to you and to me, I love you. And you know, that's become almost like a trivial statement. But if we truly understood the great love of the Lord for us in good times and in bad times, when we get it all right and when everything goes wrong in our lives. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, God has planted eternity in the human heart. God has planted eternity in the human heart. This was a scripture I lost a dear, dear friend of mine in South Africa in November last year, and I had the privilege of being able to be one of the speakers at her funeral. And this was a scripture that I used. There were some of the top names in cricket, Springbok cricketers, South African cricketers there, who just live for themselves and all that they're doing. And it was, it was interesting to watch Graham Smith's face when I mentioned this scripture. You know, he was South African captain. And I said, God placed eternity in everybody's heart that our lives are more than just the minutes and the hours and the days that we have. That we are made for eternity. That's why in all of us there's this passion that cries out, there's got to be more than this. Anybody ever thought that? There has got to be more than this. Because God has wired us to look for him. He's wired us to connect with him. And he's wired us to talk with him. Now, how many of you will be honest with me and admit that you're not very good at prayer? Was it just me? Oh, good. We're having a bit of a South African moment here. People are putting up their hands. And how many of you at times it feels so inadequate that you go, you go I haven't a cooking clue how to pray? Me too, me too. But God loves you. Not just the person next to you. God loves you. And he wants to talk to you. And he doesn't compare you. God's not looking for world-class prayers. Everybody knows that they could be better and Paul, an amazing apostle who wrote half of the New Testament, gives me hope because he says this. He wrote this in Romans 8 verse 26. We don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. That's what Paul says. We don't know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. And the 12 friends of Jesus is this incredible statement that's made in Luke chapter 11. It's called the Sermon of the Mount. But just after that, it says this in Luke 11 verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, 
teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, these guys had walked with Jesus for a good amount of time. They'd seen the most incredible miracles, phenomenal stuff that he did. They saw him healing people. They saw him walking on water. They saw him turn water into wine. Incredible stuff. But nowhere in the scriptures did they say, do, do, do we read this, that they say, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They also heard him teach and preach, and Jesus was a supreme orator. But nowhere do they say to him, Jesus, teach us how to preach. Give us the three little points of how to be a good preacher. Or teach us how to teach. Nowhere do they, do, do they pray that. Why do they pray, Lord, teach us to pray? Because they know that all power to be able to do the miracles, to be able to teach and preach well, was because Jesus was constantly connected with the Father in prayer. Constantly. He was constantly in comms with the Father. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, in front of people in different ways. And so over this year, we're going to look and examine some of the ways, not just in the 40 days of prayer. The critical thing, beloved, is that we don't look at the 40 days of prayer and go, tick, done that, been there, bought the t-shirt. Aren't we professional now? But no, there's a rhythm of prayer that God wants to give us in this year. And I am on tiptoe of expectation. I'm so excited about this. I truly am. But I want to just take a few minutes here to just dispel some uh, rumors or myths about what prayer is all about. And so today, if I was going to give you a title of what I'm speaking on, it's the Beginner's Guide to Prayer. But one of the first myths that we need to dispel is this, is that prayer is not a magic wand. It's not Hogwarts. It's that we wave our wand and everything changes. And prayer is not about a genie in a bottle. You know, if we rub it hard enough, God's going to pop up and say, Sire, your wish is my command. We need to always remember that he is Lord and we are his servants. And so prayers are not some secret words or incantations or chants and spells. And then everything goes to plan. And so prayer is not a magic wand. The second myth that I wanted to dispel this morning is that prayer is not a fire extinguisher. It's not like prayer is attached to the wall like a fire extinguisher with a little bottle, with a little box that says, break in case of emergencies. You can break this in case of emergency days. And so often we don't pray on good days, but only bad days. When there's pain, when there are emergencies, when there are crises in our lives, We kind of go, "Mm, I need to pray, you know. We hear that somebody's terribly ill. We've got to pray now. We hear the family's breaking up. We've got to pray now. And we only use prayer in emergencies. One of the most tragic statements is when people go, well, I suppose all we can do now is pray. Sound like Attenborough, you know, doing Blue Planner. Suppose all we can do now is pray. 
done everything else, might as well do this. Beloved, prayers never meant to be a last resort when we tried everything else. Never meant to be like that. Prayer is not meant to be our last resort. It's meant to be our first resort. Part of our everyday life. Every day. My sister-in-law, you know, she gets really mad with me because I'm always praying for parking places. So I say to her, well, I've got to start somewhere. And the incredible thing is I pray, and every time Gail's in the car with me, I seem to get a a parking place, and she goes, it's another coincidence. (laughs) But everyday life and our job, as we look at our diary, before we eat food, let's make prayer our first choice. Let's not let it, allow it to become just a fire extinguisher. And the third myth that we need to dispel is prayer is not a tug of war. Where we think, well, God doesn't really want to answer my prayers. We've got to pull even harder. You know, and I, I must be honest, please forgive me if this offends you. But I hear some people have shout and they push. It's like they're suffering with serious bowel problems. You know, got to get down to the matter. Over here, not that I do that, but I'm sure people do. And so they badger God. And it's like pestering and praying, oh God, please, please. And finally, you know, we got this kind of imagination that says God goes, all right then, okay, you know. Been whinging on for so long, okay then. And so God's got his arms folded and says, I don't really want to bless you. Yes, we need to be persistent in prayer. The Bible does say that. But beloved, it's not a tug of war. It's not a case of begging and bribing and trying to bargain with God. And the fourth myth that I wanted to dispel just quickly is prayer is not a ritual to relieve guilt. I was part of a high church for many, many years. We used to have to do penance, you know. And so, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. I'm not naming any churches here. And then you've got to pray so many prayers, you know. And I remember even when I was a young kid, I used to go, Our Father in heaven, I don't be thy name. I came to say really fast, you know, because I wanted God to forgive me because I'd botched it up really badly. And beloved, prayer is not penance or punishment for our sin. But prayer is a privilege It's a joy. It's a joy. And Jesus very clearly said to us, don't pray empty prayers. Don't go with vain repetitions. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just pause for a few seconds here, and I'm going to ask maybe the musicians to come up here if it's okay. And I just want us, just before we carry on, just for a few minutes here to just consider those myths that so easily can come into our lives. And as I was preparing all of these, thanks, Ranjit, if you can keep those four up for me. You know, I felt myself saying, God, this has been in my life. It's sometimes in prayers like a magic wand. You know, I pray prayers, and I want you to answer my way. And then when you don't, I get really hacked off with you. And I want you to be my genie in a bottle. Or maybe for some of you, you know, prayer has been like a fire extinguisher. It's not part of your rhythm of life that you just, 
you know, the emergencies happen. Well, the last resort, here we go. You know, got to pray. And I know those, that kind of behavior too. Or maybe prayer is like a tug of war, you know. Got to pull him, pull him and shout. And God, eventually you'll answer me. And so our, we've got this distorted understanding. And I've been shocked to see that in my own life. You know, I, I sort of say, yeah, I've got a good relationship with the Lord. But sometimes there'd be moments when it's been like a tug of war. And I've thought, you don't, you've got your arms folded and you don't really want to bless me. Or maybe for some of us, prayers a ritual of relief from guilt. That we don't see it as a privilege and a joy. That Jesus coming to people or people coming to Jesus. That we feel so guilty. And so Holy Spirit, in this epiphany moment, this divine revelation, this manifestation and revelation, we open up our, the ancient door of our hearts. And we ask you, Lord, as the myth buster to come in. So as we sing this song, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you feel that God's speaking to you about maybe one of those areas there, that we don't come, you know, kind of feeling as though we've not made it, but we stand before him and say, Lord, bust this myth in my life. Break through this myth in my life. And so if you've bought into one of those myths, please would you stand with me and just say, Lord, wash me, clean me. As I go into 2018 and this year of prayer, I pray for that divine manifestation, that revelation, and that insight. So as we sing. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.